this is Milan Milan, guys. Um, so thank you for coming on. Now you know this um, session is going to be God's perfect love, right, for us. So before we get into that, um, of course, I'd just like to say a prayer first. Um, Lord, I I thank you for everyone listening. I continue to um, ask that you use your words and not mine. I am just a vessel that you are using to get your word out, Lord, to um, everyone who is listening and that it speaks to them, Father, in such a way that um, is so profound and I thank you for this opportunity, and um, I love you so much. Thank you, Lord. All right, so, brothers and sisters, listen, I've been, it's a lot of, it's a lot of good things, right, on God's perfect love. His love is, is awesome, and it's amazing, but it's a couple of things I also found out um, as I was, you know, talking to the Father about this so okay I'm just gonna get into it I'm gonna give you where the scripture is and we'll get to that point um first I want to say you know God made us in his image that is in Genesis um 127 so if you go with me to Genesis 127 um, actually, I want to just back it up. In 26, Genesis 126, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Right? That right there, I just want to touch a note real quick that that is um, our God head. So we will look at that as our God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Um, and I just wanted to mention it because we were right there. But the verse I wanted to get to was Genesis 1:27, where it says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. So for God to do that, um, he loves us. Like, this is one of, one of my favorite verses. Um, it said, he made us in his own image, right? And just really quick, this is why Satan hates us so much. Because we are favorable of our God. Like, like it's just, uh, he can't stand it. And that's just too bad for him, right? But going back really quick, I'm sorry, I keep jumping back. Genesis 1.26. Okay, so... If, if it says right there that they, okay, they're the talking and he's saying, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Our God loves us. Like that just speaks love to me. Like that's just awesome. I'm not even going to even really even try to elaborate. Just think about that for a second. That's like, oh, you really, you really love us. You really, really love us. Let's go to Matthew, okay, 10. I'm sorry, Matthew, yeah, Matthew 10, um, verse 30. I'm sorry, I'm just being a little silly right now. Um, Matthew 10, verse 30. And that says, but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Now, I have three children, and I couldn't tell you one of them how many hairs they got on their head. I don't know how many hairs I have on my head. 
okay so you gotta know that that's love like he pays attention to me that says he pays attention to the details okay and I'm a detailed person but not like that and um, I can never and I'm not even trying to compare myself I'm just saying if you look at it in that context like God is detailed God loves us he knows every single thing about us and if you don't know that about yourself and then you think about God knows that about us all it's like that's a great love that's a great love our father has for us God's love is also self-sacrificing so you can see that in John um, 3 16 of course is one of the most um, widespread verses of course rightfully so um, so John 3 16 that uh, for so God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life that's love that is love that he loved us before we loved him he loved us even in our sin when we were willfully sinning he loved us that's love all right so, if you go to Isaiah 26, right? So, it's in Isaiah 26, verse 9. And Isaiah 26, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to get there. Verse 9 says, With my soul I have desired you in the night. Yes, my spirit within me I will seek you early for when your judgments are in the earth the inhabitants of the world will learn your righteousness I'm gonna get back into that I am but it's just a couple of other verses um, that I really want to touch on and I want to get into um, but that right there it's just one of the other huge uh, verses that I really like. I'm sorry. Just trying to make sure I don't lose my spot. All right. I apologize. All right. So also, as I was studying this, okay, before I get into that, one other verse I do want to mention is God, God's love. If you go to First John with me, and it's chapter four, and it's verses seven through eight. So First John chapter four, verse seven through eight says, "Beloved, let us love one another, for love for love is of God." And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. All right. So that is going to lead me, <laughs> perfect, right into God being this amazing, amazing father that he is. Even during tribulation, right, he still loves. 
he still loves. It's not just his wrath. It's also showing his mercy. I was able to see his mercy through the tribulation period. Now, saints, I'm not saying that we're going to be here. What I'm saying is for the people who are going to be here, our father still shows his mercy for them. So when you think about the two witnesses that are going to go and preach the gospel during a tribulation time, for him to send them, that's love. Because, I mean, he could have very well just raptured us, raptured us up and that had been an end story. But not so. God does everything possible to bring us all to repentance. That is love. That is love. And just thinking about, because our God wants us to love him back freely. That's why he gave us free will. We're not robots. We're not, um, that's not love anyway, right? If he did make robots, that's not love. That's not love. So the fact that he gave us free will and we have the choice to love him or we have the choice to do other things and I can guarantee you, you do other things is not ever going to match with God's love. I've been there. I've done other things and now my whole life is devoted to Christ. There is just no other option for me. None. And I say that with a person have been trying to create my own happiness. Um, maybe thinking, I guess, you know, I had God involved, but he wasn't really head of my life then. And it's nothing to brag about. I'm telling you, I've been on the other side of doing me. And God is so loving and he's so merciful. He pulled me back to him. He loved me even when I wasn't giving him my whole life. He's that merciful. Now, I'm not saying it's something that you want to try out. Because if you already gave God your whole life, keep that way. You don't want to have this beauty, right? And then try to go do something. And then you basically kind of going backwards. So that's the way I kind of look at what Adam and Eve did in the Garden of Eden. They, it was perfect. It was amazing. It was beautiful. It was no sin. But then they willfully sinned and they had to leave. Rightfully so. Because our God is a holy God and he will not tolerate sin on any level. So that is the next point I want to get into is so you remember, right, in the book of Genesis 3.24, where they sinned and they had to go. Um, like I said, it's rightfully so. And even if I didn't understand, everything my God does is right. So even if I didn't understand, I would accept it and I would ask the Father for an understanding. Like I've done on other <laughs> verses where I just didn't understand and I've never said anything in the Bible was wrong. I've n I would never say that. I would never say the Bible is even contradictory. Um, like I hear some people say, I, it's not. It's, it's the word of God and we have finite minds. And 
you are to ask the Holy Spirit, right? Because you have the Holy Spirit with you. Ask the Holy Spirit. What I don't understand. Please make this um, clear. I mean, that's that's what I say. I mean, you say how you say it um, respectfully. But, I mean, I ask. Please make it very clear to me. Because, you know, I get confused kind of easily. <laughs> so, um... I'll read a verse, and if I don't get it, I'll reread it, and I'll take a break, so I don't want to get frustrated, right? And I'll go in prayer some more, and then I come back, um, and then sometimes it just come to me some other way. God knows how to reach you, and that's that's one thing I love about him, is that he answers. He hears you, and he answers. It's not, um, he's alive, right? He's alive, right? He's not um, in some tomb or whatever he's not some made up you know what I don't even want to say what I've heard of how people refer to our God but um he's alive guys he's alive and he hears you and he will answer you he will he will supply you with what you need when you need it right and that's how awesome he is that's how awesome he is so okay if we go into Genesis 3 um chapter 24 it says so he drove out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the garden of eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life now this is when they sinned and they ate from the tree of um knowledge they ate from the tree they were not supposed to because they were instructed by our God to not. They willfully sinned, listening to that serpent, and they did it anyway. But because our God is so holy, he had to remove them. And because he is so merciful, he removed them. So if you just follow me with this please <laughs> follow me with this all right and I'm sorry I don't want to go back and forth but I'm trying to put it into context uh, okay so they sinned they had to go and um, if they so so think of it in the way is if they were not removed if they were not removed from the Garden of Eden after eating from the tree of knowledge they were sinning they would have lived been they okay so they were sinning then they would have been sinful everything at this point now is not perfect anymore right so sin equals death now there has to be a sacrifice to atone for the sin that they did so, of course, this is, you, you see the end picture in the beginning, right? Our God is so loving and so merciful. He knew he had to come save a fallen world because of sin. And so, of course, he sent his only begotten son, John um, 3.16, where Jesus died on the cross for us. But the, this is also the reason they had to be removed. So just going back, I'm sorry, I'm just trying to um, get the full grasp to explain it in in the uh, right way I want to do it justice as I'm trying to explain this so sin 
equals death. They had to be removed. They needed to have um, salvation. And had they stayed in the Garden of Eden after sinning, heaven wouldn't be heaven. Because not the way we see it described in the Bible. Because heaven is, is no sin. And if God allowed them to stay, it would not be what we're all longing for. It would be this fallen world. That's number one. Number two, our God is holy. and He cannot be around sin. Okay, that's huge. Third reason I see with this is, so with them being removed, if they were not, just say for hypothetical and just try to make it so that it's um, understandable. If they were not removed from the Garden of Eden after they sinned, and they got sin all in them now, right? Because it's just not sin in the world. And now they decide they eat from the tree of life. So what that then means is that they will be forever living in their sin and would not have salvation. So because Allah, our God, is merciful and he has compassion he sent cherubim and not only cherubim there was also a flaming sword now it says that this sword was moving in all directions and it guarded the tree of life to keep them from becoming immortal sinners that's how amazing our God is and he's all knowing so everything that our God does is just everything he does he knows he already knows the outcome nothing that is ever going to catch him off surprise so I'm going to say he had this the whole story was already done and now we're fulfilling that story Okay, I hope I explained that because in my head it clicked again. Like I was clicking when I was understanding, and I'm hoping that it clicked for you, like it clicked for me when I was explaining. If I didn't, I apologize. I asked you to go to the Father for um, understanding, for wisdom, and I am also open. I um, you can message me. I want to do live chats with this. Um, but yeah, it clicked. Okay. So just knowing that because our God cannot be around sin and he had to guard it, he had to protect them from, from, from themselves. Okay, that's just the best way I can explain that part there. But one other part I want to touch where it spoke about the flaming sword. So it was in Genesis 3.24, right? And then also in Ephesians um, 6.17. And so if I go to Ephesians 
6.17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God. The very Word of God. So, I'm astonished. That's my Jesus. He always does it. He always does it. He always does it. I am so grateful for his word. His word is unmatched. Our God is unmatched. He hears you. He loves you. He he does everything, you guys, to bring us to um, repentance. We are all sinners. And we are all in need of a Savior. Amen. I ask that if there is anyone listening and you don't know the love of our Savior, won't you invite him in now? While you still have the freedom to do so, before times get really rough, because you're tired of living life your way and doing things your way and still ending up short. When you live a life with Christ first and you give your entire life to our Lord and Savior, I can tell you without a doubt It will be the best decision you have ever made. Our love for one another is one thing. But the love of our Father (laughs) is like, it's like, um, it's like, see how I can describe it. The love of our Father, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life, you have peace. You won't um, worry too much about the outcome because you already know he's above and he sees it all playing out. He already knows nothing catches our God off guard. The love of our God in your life is like, I don't know, Sunday morning, right? And the sun is just rising just now shining in your room and it's peace and it's quiet it's that stillness (sighs) the love of our savior in your life is like that moment when you have this uncontrollable laughter and you're the only nuts that keeps laughing after everybody's finished but you still find it funny you just can't shake it right <laughs> the love and and, and, and the, the happiness the joy the peace that you get from my father is like seeing your child born right times a hundred <laughs> it's the best feeling 
he's right there with you every step of the way. Won't you accept him in your life? Let him be Lord of your life. Give him your whole life. Not parts of it, but everything. And watch everything that was out of place fall into place. Watch him work in your life in such a way that it's undescribable. People will say, I don't even know this person anymore. You know what? And it's true because we die from ourselves and become a new creature in Christ. They aren't going to know you. And so when you, when you hear that, when you give your, your life to Christ and, and then someone says that, just smile. Thank you, Jesus. I know you're working. I know you're working. I've said, I've heard that like said to me. And I was just like, no, I'm the same person. And then I'm like, you know what? Hold on. You know what? That's Jesus. <laughs> That's Jesus. I'm not the same person. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I'm me. Yeah, I still look like me. They don't recognize you because God has done such an amazing, amazing work in you that now you are unrecognizable. You are not the same. You are forever changed. I'm going to end with this last part, and I want to tell you this, people. All right. So when you let God in your life and just know because he loves you so much that his love should then be overflowing from us and into others. We should be able to walk past a stranger and they feel that goodness, that peace. That's our God working in us and it magnifies to others all around us. It's the Holy Spirit and it's producing this kind of fruit in our lives. It's this love, it's this joy, it's this peace, it's this patience, it's this kindness, it's this goodness, this faithfulness, this gentleness and self-control. This is in Galatians 5, 22 verses 22 and 23. God's love is so amazing and unmatched. It's unlike any other any other guarantee so the love that God has for you and you have for our Lord and Savior should be living all up and through you it should be seen people should feel it right it's like an overflow a love that words are just escaping me. His presence though is in the form of the Holy Spirit. And it's such a it's such a peace. It's such a um, it's such a experience like no other. It's like no other. But the love that grows in you, God's love, it, sh- it should grow in you. And it sh- then it's like Okay, so it's like it's like a plant, right? And this plant that's growing is now producing fruit. And it's like one of the fruits of God's love um, is increasing um, the ability to love others. His spirit allows you to love um, with a love that's greater than your own kind of love. 
it's, it's, it's that love where someone's done you wrong, but you love them. You love them because you know how broken this person is. And if they only just accept Christ, they can have that same. They can have that same love. They can have that same love. If you don't know Christ, please reconsider. Get to know our Lord and Savior. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. Can't say it enough. And just even think when he is his wrath will be here upon the earth. He's still loving. He's merciful. He wishes everyone to come to repentance. I love you, brothers and sisters. God bless. Thank you for listening.